Thank you for listening to Temporary Circumstances. I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, also a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. In this podcast, we will discuss many uncommon topics on all matters mental health. The views and opinions expressed here do not reflect the agencies that we work for. Today, we're going to talk about somatic therapies or body-oriented therapies, and Bridget is back to talk with us a little bit about her experience using these kinds of therapies in a clinical setting. So, Bridget, if you want to introduce yourself for people who didn't hear the other episode with you. Sure. My name is Bridget Lowe. I'm a uh, licensed professional counselor. I work at Modern Therapy in Powell, Ohio as a trauma therapist. Thanks, Bridget. So as Cora mentioned, we're going to talk about somatic work um, today. And the the phrase somatic work as well as body-oriented psychotherapy is kind of an umbrella term for a number of different techniques and psychotherapies out there. So somatic therapy is a therapy that studies the relationship between your mind and your body, and it also looks at the psychological past. A lot of somatic therapies are focused specifically on treating trauma. Um, Somatic experiencing is one form of somatic therapy that is focused specifically on treating trauma, or it it specializes in in looking at trauma, but it's aimed at relieving the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. It can be used with other mental and physical trauma-related or stress-related disorders as well. And it also looks at perceived body sensations. So somatic experiencing was developed by Peter Levine. A a lot of things that we focus on when we talk about some kind of somatic therapy or somatic work is we might look at a patient who has some kind of body symptoms that they're experiencing. And this could be anything from headaches or stomach ache that one might get as a result of anxiety or sometimes even tingling in someone's hands. Or it can be even things like noticing just a faster heartbeat during a stressful event. So these are the types of things that we would look at and we would address with somatic therapy. So for me, I first learned about somatic therapy altogether, really, but more specifically energy work when I worked at a private practice where I met Bridget, actually. So Bridget, would you mind telling us a little bit about energy work, idea behind it, and what your thoughts are? Absolutely. So when I, I guess when I first want to uh, explain energy work is to really go back to this idea that all emotions are energy inside of the body. One of the things that you mentioned were, you know, somatic symptoms, such as like a stomach ache. Um, It's very easy to take like a child, for example, who is nervous, who can't articulate that they're actually nervous. So they'll tend to say something like, mommy, my stomach hurts, or mommy, I have a headache. Um, And we know at that point that they're probably not feeling you know, physically well, but also emotionally, they are not feeling safe. So that nervousness, that nervous energy will start to reside in the stomach area, will make them physically ill, but it is the emotional energy within inside the body. So one of the things about energy work is how to, you know, process through things that make us, you know, feel that energy inside of our body that we want to suppress because we don't want to feel it, but being able to, you know, 
release the negative energy and then also take in the positive energy, those positive affirmations and kind of change those core um, concepts for ourselves. Uh, being able to remove the, the negative, the trauma by re- and replace it as well with some of those positive things that we've you know, been sheltered from. You know, one way I sometimes explain this type of idea to others is like you said, Bridget, we tend to hang on to to energy in our bodies. And to me, I know this just from looking around me really and looking at other people, I might know if someone is feeling hypervigilant or if they're feeling anxious or even depressed just by looking at them. They don't necessarily have to say something. You know, someone who's depressed might be kind of slumped over. They may be gazing at the ground or an anxious individual might be fidgety or rambling and so on and so forth. And all of that tells me that we do tend to hang on to emotions as energy in our bodies. And what happens is if if we don't do anything with it, it tends to kind of grow and get bigger and louder instead. And so what a lot of somatic therapists believe is that we, we really need to get the energy moving and flowing through our bodies. We don't want any negative energy to get stuck in our whole body or in a specific part of our body. We want to move it through so that we can move forward after a stressful experience. So we're talking a lot about somatic therapy and the idea of getting rid of the negative energy so that it doesn't get stuck. But what happens if the energy does get stuck? A lot of times we see clients that have been holding onto their trauma for years and years and years. What would that look like if they're holding onto that energy? So somatic therapists believe that certain symptoms are actually representative of the fact that we are trying to release that energy. For example, intrusive thoughts or memories or flashbacks or nightmares, these can all be seen as a way that our bodies are trying to find a different outcome to such an event. Um, So perhaps we couldn't escape our abuser for several years, and now those same scenes replay in our heads over and over again. Perhaps this is our body and our brain trying to tell us that we're trying to create a scenario where we are, in fact, trying to escape the abuser, where we do, in fact, escape that situation. So as a result, unfortunately, we get stuck in these kind of like never-ending loops of looking for a different outcome, either through those nightmares or flashbacks or intrusive thoughts. So again, to me, this makes a lot of sense because sometimes simply just rewriting your story or the ending of your story can help someone move forward after a traumatic event. And if I can add to that, I think that with the, um, you know, those psychosomatic symptoms, we see people who have held on to their trauma for a number of years who have chronic fatigue, chronic back problems. Um, perhaps when these, this thought process cycles, they become defensive or anxiety ridden and they tense up. So they'll have like their neck will be sore. They'll they'll have some jaw problems like um, TMJ or even uh, chronic headaches, stomach issues. And then I have, you know, I have uh, multiple clients who have autoimmune disorders or digestive um, issues and things that they are also currently working on as a manifestation of years and years and years of stress that they were unable to express because they didn't feel safe enough to be able to find that new and safe outcome, you know, to get rid of that past trauma. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's really important to mention here because like you said, Bridget, I've seen a number of studies probably in the last 10 years or so. There's There's been many more that have come out on the relationship between trauma or, or just high levels of stress and chronic pain. Um, there was one study, I just recently wrote about it in a blog article, but there's one study that found that 60% of their um, rheumatoid arthritis patients and 90% of fibromyalgia patients had had some kind of trauma in the past. So those statistics are pretty huge there. So again, the the idea behind energy work and somatic work and energy healing is to restore balance and flow of energy throughout the body. And that also includes our mind as well. So Bridget, do you want to talk a little bit about how you have used the energy work in the past to help clients? Um, sure. One of the ways in which we have used energy work is through physical movement. Also, we, in some of these places where we're dealing with trauma, um, people feel a sense of, of anger or frustration um, towards an abuser uh, or perpetrator. Uh, one of the physical movements that we've utilized in group psychotherapy is to actually take a bat and to be able to use the physical over the head motion of using the bat and hitting the, like the couch beside of them to kind of release that physical movement. It's a difficult process to start out with because it feels uncomfortable. We are very used to holding in our anger or our frustration, especially when we've dealt with trauma because we've only needed to survive the trauma. But in the physical movement, we process through anger, which leads us to a place of where we've been hurt. We're really looking for that core or root issue that we can find where we have felt hurt, where we've felt victimized or vulnerable. And in the physical movement of, for example, like used in group is like using a bat and hitting like a soft, uh, a soft couch is to just, it's not about rage, but it's just about releasing the anger so that you can feel in your power. Again, you get to take your power back from that moment, that situation that harmed you. Yeah. So again, it's about that energy flow. It's about letting that energy out instead of holding onto it. It's not so much about being angry in the moment as it is about trying to get that energy moving. Exactly. Another method that I use with clients is to have them um, do some energy work for themselves, like at home. Um, some of the things that some of my clients like to do is different levels of exercise. I have a lot of runners who need a, additional release of energy. So I ask them to use something that uh, works out their upper body. So throwing rocks across the river or even going to a batting cage and hitting some baseballs. So something that utilizes a different part of their body to release energy. And the homework assignment for something like this is to focus on what is bothering you. Focus on taking your power back from those moments where you felt that you were not safe. Um, and then doing that then, for example, if you're at a batting cage and you're hitting some baseballs, it's okay to exert that energy and to release some of those moments where you felt like you weren't safe or you were being hurt. Then to follow that up with some positive affirmations um, when you're finished or even right after during doing the same amount of energy work, but instead focusing on empowering yourself. 
Uh, other things that some of my clients have done is just basic movement, going to a park and doing some some different kinds of movement exercises, or even just some general yoga, just something that helps you use your breath and move energy within the body. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I use some similar things as well. Um, uh, sometimes really simple suggestions can be really helpful for, for individuals. Like you said, Bridget, anything from really anything that can be considered exercise, you know, walking, running, swimming, going to the gym, all of that can be hugely helpful. Um, and we realize that sometimes, you know, someone who is depressed or someone who perhaps has been through a traumatic event or many, they they may be depressed or maybe they don't, they just don't feel like moving. So it, it can be a scary and a difficult task to do some of these things, but it is absolutely what you need many of those times. Um, so whatever you have to start with, even if it's small, even if it's just a walk around, you know, your apartment complex, it can go a long way. So one of the benefits about energy work is that we can really tailor this to the individual's needs. So based on what they are comfortable with, what they physically can do, and also what they have access to, uh, we absolutely can take someone's interests and turn that into something really positive. And we can utilize what they have at home to kind of help benefit the use of movement at home and also develop ways that they can um, find an outlet on occasions that they can't come into a counseling session or um, times when they feel like they need, you know, to re-ground themselves where they'll have some different tools to be able to take home with them as well. So it's not just an in-session type of availability, but it's also something that can be utilized outside of counseling and then go through the results and things when they do meet with their counselor. Yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned that as well, Bridget, because I think that's one of the things that makes many of these techniques and therapies stand out is that you absolutely can take it home and, and do these things at home. And in fact, that's that's one of the goals is that you can utilize these techniques that you learn and then you can do them in times when you are distressed or just stressed out and that it's going to help you in those moments. So somatic experiencing, for example, it has a pretty intensive homework part to it. And if you're able to do that homework on a regular basis and really stay consistent and committed to therapy, then it should move you along through that process faster than, than perhaps some other therapies out there. And it's going to give you the ability to, to really stay in your body on those moments where you feel like you're disassociating due to past trauma. So you get the opportunity to really sit with yourself, be comfortable inside of yourself, and also be able to move energy through your body in a healing manner. There's a lot of different theories and interventions that connect with this idea of energy and the way your body reacts to trauma. Um, some of those are really well known. Others are up and coming. Um, one of them is polyvagal theory, which really deals on the automatic nervous system in our body. Another one that we've been using for a long time, it would be mindfulness and the idea of grounding and really experiencing what you, what's here and now. Another one would be EMDR, which is about getting that bilateral stimulation to bring that trauma forward to really process it. Additionally is biofeedback, which is, has the idea that with the assistance of an outside machine that can help you understand what's happening in your body, you can actually affect the way your body reacts. 
So Peter Levine, I had mentioned him earlier. He's the founder of Somatic Experiencing. He has written a number of books on somatic experiencing and his research. He actually developed uh, his theory based on observing animals. But one really interesting reading by him is called Waking the Tiger. Um, so I would definitely recommend checking the book out. It talks about how he had developed the theory, why it makes sense, and some ways of healing trauma with this type of somatic work. So one study that was published in the Journal of Traumatic Stress in 2017 actually looked at somatic experience in, in particular, and they did find that this was an effective treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. So ultimately, the individuals who participated in the study, they found that 44.1% of them lost the diagnosis of PTSD after going through somatic experiencing treatment. In a 2015 issue of Psychotherapy and Counseling Journal of Australia, they found that mind-body interventions such as meditation, biofeedback, autogenic training, guided imagery, movement, and breathing techniques are an effective treatment for PTSD. They also found that affect-focused body psychotherapy is an effective treatment for anxiety. It was also found that body awareness group therapy is an effective treatment for personality disorders. Color breathwork method is an effective treatment for anxiety, and body-oriented group psychotherapy is an effective treatment for schizophrenia and depression. So pretty significant statistics we see there. I think they do represent a variety of different concerns that we can address with somatic work, but also, as you can see, can be used in individual or in group therapy as well. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, somatic work can also be taken home as homework and, and worked on that way as well. If this sounds like something that's of interest to you, it's important to find a therapist that's been trained in somatic work so that they can help you find the correct interventions for your issues or concerns. Well, I think that actually wraps up this episode really well. So thank you everyone for joining us and thank you for coming on the podcast again, Bridget. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be back. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Find us on Instagram and leave us a review wherever you found us. 